0: How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3 coming off a big weekend in the NFL. We got some trades. We'll definitely see some more here with the NFL trade deadline coming up. Today is Tuesday, October 23rd, 2018. I got a special guest with me. I got Drew Plant, bat boy for the Atlanta Braves. Drew, say what's up to the people. What's
1: up, guys? Thanks for having me, Thomas.
0: Hey, no problem, man. You know, Drew, Drew lives and dies with the Braves, just like all us do in Atlanta. We can't wait for next season before we start things off, Drew. I mean, how do you
1: think we're going to do next year? I'm excited. It's going to be a fun offseason. Um, going to be a lot of moves, probably, but we're in a really good spot. we got a lot of assets to make the team better and hopefully be in the World Series next year. Yeah, no, I mean, I would love to see the Braves go to
0: the World Series. I mean, the Falcons, like, I don't know if we're missing our window or not here. It's going to be... Uh, it would be weird to see what happens this season. I really don't know what's going to happen the rest of the year. I just hope we can keep on winning these games, but it will be weird to see if the window closes on us. The Braves, I mean, the Bakuno, we know, is probably going to be a top-five player in
1: baseball. Like, I think yeah. the Braves are here to stay. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people say, come next summer, it's probably going to be a conversation of who's the better player between Trout or Acuno and Obviously, Mike Trout's a hell of a player. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're in that conversation, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. going to be fun to watch. But let's get down to it here. Let's start here with some uh, NFL, get things going. So, obviously, the big storyline, Cowboys landing Amari Cooper. Um, they trade a first-round pick to the Raiders for him. I'm not going to lie. I was not a big fan of this move. I, I like the how the Cowboys went out and got a wide receiver because we obviously know that's what they've been missing. They have not been getting that much production out of their wide receivers this season. It's been a big problem for them. It definitely makes things better for Dak in that offense I don't know how good Dak is to get him the ball but ultimately I think I think when you come down to tr- making this trade like do you think Amari Cooper is the kind of guy you would draft in the first round and I just don't really know if he is he's gotten worse as his NFL seat career has gone on which is kind of weird for a guy like him he showed so much signs of being good I just feel like he really doesn't have an elite skill what do you think here
1: yeah I mean his, his I think I saw his drop percentage was like top two in the league mm-hmm. the past couple of years I mean his first two years were he was really good and people are saying he's going to be a star wide receiver for years to come. And since then, he just hasn't been the same guy. And, uh, I mean, I think he's, he will be a good fit on the Cowboys. Obviously their wide receiver core is very thin. Um, but mid season, I mean, how are him and Dak going to be able to get chemistry in the middle of the year and stuff. And, um, I don't think it really puts them over the top as a better team than the Eagles. So, and especially to give up a first round pick for that. I heard, I saw that, um, the Eagles might have offered a second-round pick for him. And uh-huh. That's what made Jerry Jones give in and give a first-round pick. But, I mean, regardless, I mean, that's that's a s- steep price for him. and Good for the Raiders, though. I mean, they got three first-round picks next year, though. I mean— I think they're in a good position for the future. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The Raiders completely rebuilt this
0: team. They've got three first round picks in the upcoming draft. I mean, they might have more draft picks than they have wins in this upcoming draft. Then they've got another first from the Khalil Mack trade, a third. Like, they just got tons of picks stockpiled. So, I mean, I think they're doing a good job here in the Raiders. And at the same
1: time, they still have talent on their NFL team right
0: now. Yeah, I mean, these are decent. Yeah, they still have their franchise quarterbacks. So that's huge along with all those things. I could see Oakland really kind of maybe even trading a couple more guys, maybe Donald pin a couple other veterans, get rid of them. A uh, good thing for Oakland is they know one of their biggest problems has been pass rush and there's a lot of good pass rushers in this mm-hmm. draft like Ed Oliver and Nick Bosa so I mean I think the Raiders are put themselves in the right position here to rebuild this team. It's, it's always a rebuilding process when you get a new coach. I don't care what anybody says it's very rare that you see a team go to the playoffs first year with a new coach and do Great things with a new coach. I mean, we kind of we we've, we've seen it a couple times, but most times it's an exception here. I mean, Amari Cooper's definitely shown he's gotten worse. He played fourteen games in 2017, 2016, he played in sixteen, but he had over one thousand one hundred yards receiving in sixteen, and he had six hundred and eighty last season. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of a bust last year. He might, he had more touchdowns though, but not a great season for him. I mean, Dallas with these wide receivers with Dak Prescott in there, there's wide receivers who never really put up big numbers. Like Des Bryant always struggled with him. I don't. Know how good Dak is at passing the ball to the receivers. I feel like he's more of a game manager and can run the ball and, like, kind of like a he's kind of like the black version of Alex Smith, honestly.
1: Yeah, like,
0: I feel like that's the best way to put Dak Prescott in words for you here. Um, they'll definitely have to get him in, inserted in the offense. Luckily, they have a bye week this week, so it's kind of the right time to make a trade if you're Dallas to get him mm-hmm. inserted there. But do you think he'll be much of a, fa- a factor and can help them win this division?
1: I, I don't think they're the favorites to win the division right now, mm-hmm. I and mean, I still got Philly. I mean, the chances of him turning back into old Mari Cooper right away is very rare, and I mean, I know a lot of quarterbacks, they take a little while to get the chemistry and stuff with a new wide receiver, so no, I don't see them in the division. Yeah, I agree with you there. I was looking through a lot of stats
0: for this division. I mean, this division has been horrible on the offensive end. Yeah. Billy's 19th in yards and 22nd in points per game. They're the highest in yards in this division and the highest in points per game. Dallas and the Giants are 26 and 27 in points per game. The Cowboys, I will say this, the Eagles defensive line is freakish, but the Cowboys linebackers with Jalen Smith. Um, I think it's Leighton Vander the mm-hmm. rookie they got out of BYU yeah. and Sean Lee. I mean, that's a very fearsome yeah, it's a solid linebacker core, and I mean, I watch them a lot. the Cowboys are always on prime time, so you know you have to watch them. These linebackers, they make plays and get around on the field. I personally think Dallas. I would say they're the second best team in the division. Washington might be in first place right now, but I think they'll phase out. But ultimately, I predict the Eagles win this division at nine and seven, and I'm sticking with that. I still think the Eagles have got some getting on track to do. But I think they'll
1: beat Jacksonville this week. Yeah, Philly's the most talented team in the division, I think, and I think they'll. By the end of the year, they'll be there after 17 weeks. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I mean, this team's way too talented and way too well-coached yeah. not to figure it out. So we'll keep our eye out what happens in that division. But like we both said, Philly's still the top dog out there. Um, I mean, the Jags are falling apart right now. Uh, it's not looking good for them at all. They've dropped three in a row now. This team has dropped a 3-4 and four on the
1: season. Is it, is it panic time in Jacksonville? Yeah, I think it is panic time. I think they, they got a um, case of the hangover from last year. Um, they made a deep run into the AFC Championship. Should have won the game, honestly. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, they blew um, And so I think they're still... We've seen a lot of teams recently between s- several different sports that the year after they make a deep run in the playoffs, they struggle next year. I mean, Philly's kind of going through it right now. Um, we've seen the Cubs in baseball. They won the World Series and haven't been the same team mm-hmm. since. So I think they're... Uh, kind of going through a little bit of that and the the offense all around has to be better and the defense needs to step up and someone needs to make a play to get them back on track yeah no
0: I agree with you on this one as well I think the Jags have fallen apart I picked them to miss the playoffs completely I've never been very very high on the Jags this season uh, Bortles ranks his pass his completion percentage is 29th in the NFL. So I mean, there's thirty two teams in the league, so that's pretty bad. Yeah. Blake Bortles has not been playing very well, and I think that's been their ultimate problem. He's benched last week, and Fournette's been hurt. I mean, this offense just has nothing on it, and that was my problem. I think the defense is good, but when your defense is out on the field the whole game, they can only do so much. Yeah. And going so off,
1: going off your point on that, I was um, looking up some stats actually, and the Jags are second best defense and uh, yards loud but ninth in points and I think that goes back to the offense just being so bad that the defense is on the field constantly and the defense is always with their backs against their own end zone Mm -hmm. with the other teams driving just because their offense can't move the ball down the field and even if it's not scoring points, just at least flipping the field over where their defense, where the other team has to go 90 yards to score. So yeah, in the case that's a direct result.
0: No, I agree with you completely. And honestly, the defense was not even playing that well against Dallas. They gave up multiple yeah. seven, like long drives. The team controlled the ball and they just got stuck out on the field. So long got tired that teams were able to move the ball over. And we saw te- te- Texans do a similar thing and the chiefs, although they did throw four interceptions against Kansas city, but, I mean that's on Blake Bortles but I just think below average quarterback and offensive output has hurt this team. They traded for Carlos Hyde. I really don't think that's going to do much to fix this team. I think Fournette is 10 times the back that Carlos Hyde is. I don't see the Jags making the playoffs at all and I actually here's a hot take for you. I think the Titans can turn it around and still make the playoffs. I picked the the Texans to win this division. The Texans first three losses this season were by one score or less. So I mean the Texans have obviously figured that out. I still really like the Titans. I think the,
1: the main problem for them is Marriott has had three new offensive coordinators in three years. Yeah, the Titans have a talented team. I mean, they have defense and offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if they can Figure it out and make a click. Yeah, I could definitely see them making a run. Yeah, and they went for that two point conversion too in that yeah, London
0: game. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why. That's like what I've said with all these coaches making these questionable calls. You get it, you're genius. You miss it, you're an idiot, and that's just the way it is with coaching. You gotta take risks sometimes, and you win sometimes with the risk. Other times, you you don't get it with the risk, and you and you're done. Just like Bel- Belichick
1: uh, benching Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Yeah. this division is just kind of like the NFC East where it's they're waiting for someone to take it I mean I thought the Texans were gonna have a breakout year and be one of the best teams in the league and I mean yeah they lost their first three games I think and just haven't looked great all year they've Gotten some wins recently, but still haven't. Yeah, they great.
0: mean they've been tight wins. I agree with you. to think this Texans team still has their best football left to play. They played the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football this week. I think they can come out and win that game and keep this five get, extend this win streak mm-hmm. to five games. And just looking down their schedule at Denver, Denver hasn't been great. At the Redskins at home versus the Titans at home versus the Browns, Colts at the Jets the Eagle, at the jet or at the Eagles versus the Jags. I mean this is a very winnable schedule for them. I think it's a very favorable schedule. I still think the Texans make the playoffs. So I picked them to lose the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Falcons in the Super Bowl. On the other hand, I don't. I I don't know if I can back that one much much more. The big win for us last night, but I think the Texans can turn around and win this division.
1: I yeah. just I think the Jags are done. Yeah, the Texans are one of the most talented talented teams in the NFL, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, time. no, I agree with you completely. I mean, it's tough to write a team off like Jacksonville off this early. and You can't say they're done, but unless they find some offense, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see it happening, Jacksonville. I'm sorry. So huge debate here. I was even watching First Take this morning, and Stephen A. Smith did this and it really had my blood boiling. Who's better? Who's your best team in the NFL? I think two teams have set themselves aside, the Chiefs and the Rams. So, I mean, who do you got
1: for this one, Drew? Right now, I'm going to say the Chiefs are the best team. Uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is looking like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. MVP. The weapons he has on offense around him Mm -hmm. are some of the best any quarterback has. Um, defense is good. Um, I mean, playing at Arrowhead, that place can get loud. Yeah, they broke the Seahawks record
0: for the loudest stadium. Yeah. Right? It's, it's no joke in there.
1: But I think, come the end of the year and come playoff time, I think teams will still figure out Mahomes a little bit and he'll have some aggression. And um, the experience the Rams got playing in the playoffs last year it was only one game and it looked really bad versus the Falcons. But I think now that Golf has that game under his belt, I mean, with Gurley's having an unbelievable year, mm-hmm. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, all those guys on off of the wide receiver Yeah, too many court, weapons. Yeah, and then the defense, obviously, is phenomenal. So, I think come playoff time, I, I see, uh, I like the Rams better, but... Yeah, see, so to me, both these teams are a lot similar in the fact that their
0: quarterback is a young stud, so they're not paying him a lot of money, so they went out and get their team to the pieces. They got that running back, Kareem Hunt, Todd Gurley. Obviously, I like Todd Gurley. He's the guy I picked to win the NFL MVP this year. It's going to be tough race probably between him and Mahomes. You look at the Chiefs' schedule, they still got to play the Raiders twice. Like They have a decently easy schedule left the rest of this season. So My biggest thing is I want to see how Andy Reid moves throughout the season. He's been known to get out to hot starts and kind of struggle. I have the Rams ahead of the Chiefs here. The offenses are pretty much top three, in basically every good stat you want your offense to be in. My biggest separation is the Chiefs de- or the Rams defense is fourth in the NFL in points per game, and the Kansas City defense is twenty second. The Rams have given up a lot of yards; they're middle of the pack, towards bottom of the pack, and giving up yards this season. But the thing is, they're good at getting you off the field and limiting your abilities or creating turnovers. Like they limit your points so much, and I really think that's a big thing, like especially in the new NFL with all. All these p- passing penalties and just like all these roughing the quarterback and stuff, you're going to give up stupid first downs that you shouldn't give up. Teams are going to move the ball on you. It's all about if you can hold them to a field goal. Cause I mean, we've seen all the kicking troubles in the NFL. Like Justin Tucker misses his first career yeah. extra point. I, I'm honestly, I think Justin Tucker might be, he's up there in like conversation for one of the best kickers of all time with how yeah. good and efficient he's yeah. been. And he misses an easy extra point. So I just feel like that these teams with the way they play and stuff that, I just like the Rams' defense better. I think the Rams' defense gets them out of a lot of situations if the offense is struggling. Obviously, we haven't seen the Chiefs' offense struggle yet, but it's definitely going to be fun to watch. I wish these two teams played each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. I mean, could be could see it in the Super Bowl. But going off what you said, I mean, yeah, getting, off, getting your defense off the field and your offense on the field come playoff time is huge. And um, red zone stops and stuff like that. And, I mean, the Rams' points per game shows that they do that very, very well. So mm-hmm. yeah, come can't play off time, I think. You gotta give them the advantage. Yeah, no, I mean the Rams also they've been done a good job this season. They top, they're top
0: their top ten in interceptions and fumbles forced. I believe they lead the NFL in turnover margin. So they just need to keep on leading this offense, like we said, stacked up with all their pieces both these teams have. So I would love watching these two teams play each other in the Super Bowl. I think that'd probably be one of the most fun ones. Obviously, you can't write off New England. My bold prediction for this season, going back to what you said with Jared Goff in the playoffs, I actually don't trust Jared Goff in the playoffs still. My bold prediction was Rams go 15-1 and one in the regular season and get bounced in that uh, divisional round after the after they get their first round bye. so I'm still sticking by this prediction. I said the Falcons would bounce them in that round. I could see a team like your Packers, though, slipping mm-hmm. in the playoffs and doing mm-hmm. it to them. Honestly, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers face off against Brady in the Super Bowl. I feel like it's kind of like LeBron versus Kobe. We never got to see it. That's yeah. kind of the matchup I want to see, but who knows if it'll happen, but, I mean, it definitely it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens for sure. But I think both these teams, no matter what, will make the playoffs, and I think that both
1: these teams lose a max of three games this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jerry Goff hasn't proven he can play in the playoffs, so and now he's got – Game under his belt, so no one to expect more. Yeah,
0: no, I agree with we'll you. See. I think he'll play better, but it's yeah. just, I feel like a lot of these young quarterbacks, it's very rare we see a quarterback get in the playoffs for the first time and mm-hmm. do a lot of damage. Russell Wilson's one of the exceptions because of his defense. Jared Goff has a yeah. defense, so we'll see what happens. Let's move on here to college football. We finally had that first big upset. Like I told y'all, I said Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, all of them had easy schedules left. I mean, I wouldn't say Alabama's schedule is easy necessarily, but I said they all have games where they should be at least like close to touchdown favorites, if not more than that, and they should win all these games left on their schedule. We saw Ohio State lose. Changes up the Final Four. I mean, what are you you thinking
1: here for the Final Four? So the Final Four, I got Clemson at one. Um, They have a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see anyone in the ACC really beating them. I agree with you
0: completely on that. I think they beat the best opponent on their schedule. NC State's probably the second-best team in the ACC. These teams have been very inconsistent. I think before Virginia Tech lost Josh Jackson, I thought they were the second-best team. But, I mean, like, I thought Florida State was the second-best team for the season. Look how that's gone. So, yeah. this is the number nine run offense. I mean, their defensive line is has four first-round to early second-round picks on them. Like you said, I mean, they've get. I think this was their statement game, really, just how they yeah. beat the crap yeah. out of NC State. They got Lawrence in that bye week, so you know he's more comfortable in the offense. I think Clemson kind of runs over everybody the yeah. rest of the season. So, I agree with you there. Who you got as your second team? I
1: well, got Notre Dame at number two. Okay. Um, we – Beat Stanford. As for the people who don't know, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. Um, so we took care of Stanford. And then next week, we came out and beat Virginia Tech on the road. I mean, it was post Josh Jackson, but that's still a really hard place. Yeah. yeah I mean, going in them Blatsburg and beating him the way y'all did is impressive, mm-hmm. no matter and, what. You know, we got to win over number five team of the n- in the uh, nation and Michigan. And the rest of our schedule really is pretty easy. So um, as long as we don't slip, we almost slipped up versus Pittsburgh this past week. But. Um, as long as we take care of a business and do what we, can do then we shouldn't. You know. Yeah, it's all about surviving and advancing in college football. Honestly,
0: in football in general, it's just all it's not about how you get the win, it's just about winning. Um, I mean, Navy, I think Navy might play y'all a little bit close just because it's a rivalry game, but they at the end of the day, do. yeah, you're at home, you got the defense coming off a of bye week. I think it was really smart that Brian Kelly took the bye week before mm-hmm. Navy because that way you can kind of have a week an extra week to prepare for the triple option, which is different. I honestly think at Northwestern, Northwestern's one of those hit or miss Big Ten teams. You really mm-hmm. don't know what you're gonna get. Y'all are either
1: gonna go in there and and beat the snot out of them, or Northwestern will hang around and be tough. But A lot of people were saying that was a trap game for us, and it actually just got moved to um, primetime at 7.30 at night. Ooh. So hopefully that'll help our guys come out. And, yeah, y'all been good uh, in primetime this season. They'll be on the season. big stage and know they can't slip up.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think Florida State can play with y'all for a half, but I mean in the second half, I think y'all run yeah. away with it. I don't think, I mean, who knows if DeAndre Francois will still be alive after Clemson this week. Yeah. I honestly think they might have to take him off in a body bag. Syracuse, no problems there. I'll be honest, a lot of people have said this. the U.S game at the end of the season could be a problem for y'all. I think you're absolutely stupid if you think USC really yeah. has a chance. The Pac-12 is the most overrated com- conference. We saw it with Stanford. They got destroyed. Stanford is ten times better than USC. I'm sorry USC. Y'all have no chance in this game. I mean, Notre Dame has a top 30 defense. Like we said, Ian Book has changed this offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Notre Dame in the Final Four. Be,
1: if we're still undefeated, it'll be a lot of pressure, but still, I mean, that, we're the far better team than USC. So. Yeah, And it's even playing out for nicely for a one-loss Notre Dame team to yeah. get in there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um and my my next final 4 team I have on here I know you might have different from this one but I have Alabama I think they have the best player in the nation with Tua. They have the best offense. They run their top three in running. They're number one in yards. I mean, this team's absolutely this throws all over teams. They, they murder you in the first half. They've covered every single first half spread this season. Um, they're they're just defense is a top 15 defense. This Alabama team goes in week in and week out and takes care of everybody. I mean, you could say, yeah, they've never played anybody, but they still play an SEC schedule, and they scheduled Louisville like they can't help it that Lamar Jackson went to the NFL. And What did they do? They made Louisville Louis, Louisville look like they are playing like like a Louisville directional school or whatever like Western Kentucky or yeah. something like you know what I mean they may look like they're playing one of those teams so I mean Alabama is the real deal and if you think any anything otherwise I feel like that you're just stretching and trying to find something what do you think here
1: Yeah so I think I think Alabama loses to LSU Oh hot games. take right there um, LSU I mean that's obviously a tough place to play mm-hmm. um Tua is the best player in the country but he really Has had no pressure on them in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter this year and hasn't really had to play a full game just because they've been up by so much. Okay. So just having to play four quarters in Death Valley, I think could get to them. And I think LSU is going to be ready to go knowing that, you know, if they win this, they get a good chance to go to the final four. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to. Give you a hot take and say that LSU upsets Alabama next weekend. I like it, but I'm going to be honest, I got to go different from you. Look, Death Valley
0: night game, it's already 8 o'clock. You know, that's going to be the big game on CBS. Like, it's definitely going to be a tight one my thing is what it comes down to is coaching and I'm taking Nick Saban out coaching Ed Orgeron nine times out of ten this could be the one time out of ten I mean you absolutely I'm not going to say Alabama is an absolute lock to win this game I mean saying you're going to beat LSU in Death Valley is Mm -hmm. it's a tough task they don't call it Death Valley for nothing but I still like Alabama to come out of this one I just think that this will be kind of be the game where Tua really really proves to everyone that he is the best player in the nation Mm -hmm. Alabama can get it done I just feel like with how high scoring this offense has been, that they can kind of contain that. That they can kind of contain Joe Burrow enough. I think Saban will dial something up for him, and I think they'll take care of business. But I mean, that's gonna be a crazy game. So you have LSU in your final four. I assume, no, still. So
1: I, I think we're gonna see a repeat from next year. I got UGA. Then uh, you know, last year they got their butts kicked by Auburn mm-hmm. in the regular season, came back and beat them in the SEC championship. I think the same thing is gonna happen this year. I think is going to bounce back from the LSU loss uh-huh. and beat LSU in the SEC championship. Okay. I think Fields is going to see more time on the field. I mean, I don't know how they wouldn't after yeah. what happened versus LSU. I think you've got to get him in the game more. He's, he's the most talented quarterback on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they're going to come out ready to go versus LSU. Yeah, see, I think if we've learned anything in college football, it's that—
0: you kind of have to have that big time play quarterback. Like we watched Deshaun Watson beat Alabama in the national championship. We watched Alabama had to switch to Tua to win the national championship. Like they have that guy. I mean, I like Fromm, he's a good kid, but I just feel like he's a game manager and I think he's what holds mm-hmm. Georgia back. So I agree with you. We need to see Justin Fields on the field more. Uh, I actually think LSU could slip up at Texas A&M. Texas A&M's no joke. Jimbo Fisher's done a great job. As much as I hate Jimbo Fisher, he's a hell of a coach. He's done great things with Kellen Mond and that entire offense. I and mean, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough game. I believe that's the Friday after Thanksgiving. They always play that game. So, I mean, it's it's tough sledding for LSU. They got two big games. So, I mean, if LSU can win both these games, they are absolutely for real and, and no doubt about. it. I mean, even if LSU were to go down and lose to Georgia. I would have a tough time not putting them in the final four still. Like if LSU and Georgia are both two lost teams, I would pick LSU over Georgia because they'd be better opponents, Mm -hmm. even if they were to lose to Georgia again. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. It's going to be a tough race to see what happens. I have have LSU in my final four right now just because I don't really like to speculate that much over what I think is going to happen. But if I had to give you my final, like what I think the final four is going to look like, I would – part of me really wants to put Michigan in here. Number one defense, Ohio State hasn't played – Anybody, yeah. but I actually think Oklahoma is going to end up slipping back in the Final Four. I think a one-loss Oklahoma team, they get to play Texas in that Big 12 championship game, and I think they come back and prove themselves and they beat them. I think our final Final Four we see is Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. So my four team, I have either between Bam and Oklahoma. If my scenario does play out, um, that Alabama will have one loss, but they won't be they won't win the SEC championship, and then Oklahoma has a good chance to be sitting there at one loss. And then, I mean, it's up to the committee. I'm going to say they'll probably put Bama in. I mean, Bama has just destroyed pretty much everybody they've played, and their wins are just really yeah. good. So I think ultimately Bama gets finds their way back in there. But Oklahoma could be right there with a chance to be the fourth seed yeah it's definitely
0: going to be weird if the Alabama or if the Alabama were to slip up and then LSU slips up too because I mean that definitely opens the door for one loss Ohio State to still get back in there because I mean you could also look at Alabama's schedule and say okay who have you beaten like yeah you could say you play in the SEC but like Alabama's only ranked opponent they've beaten is Texas A&M. Yeah. So that could, at the same time,
1: come back and kind of bite them in the ass here a little yeah. bit. So A 29-point 20, a loss to Purdue is pretty bad for Ohio State. Even yeah. though, even yeah. if they're only sitting there with one loss, that's a bad loss. Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: I mean, Ohio State's really not going to beat anybody. Michigan State, he has got that hurt shoulders, and we, we saw them get under 100 yards against Michigan. I mean, Michigan's defense is for real. So yeah. that's going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy to see what plays out. I um, think my most overrated team from college football will, d- will hit our most overrated and underrated team once again this week. I mean, obviously, Ohio State, like you just said, yeah. and getting destroyed like that by Purdue is absolutely embarrassing.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I yeah, I agree with the Ohio State one. I'll give you another one. I think LSU, um, they obviously played very well versus Georgia. That was the mm-hmm. worst I've seen Georgia play, though, this year. I think they just kind of – every team has a bad game once a year, and I think that was Georgia's bad game. Mm-hmm. Um. I just don't think it's just the games I've watched. They just haven't kind of had that it factor really other than that Georgia game. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how they end up. They, they have the potential to be the number one team in the country at the end of the year, and I could also see them with two more losses. So Yeah, no, I mean, they could easily lose
0: two more games. I don't think is overrated. I think that then, no matter what happens in this Alabama game, they're definitely going to give Alabama a good game, or at least yeah, a good no half doubt. of football, so I think that that game will definitely be closer, and I mean, LSU could lose tight ones across the way. I mean, they lost a tight one to Florida, who's a top-10 team. Um, they lost a tight one. I mean, they could lose a tight one to Texas A&M and Alabama, and I still would have the same opinion of them. I think LSU's actually a good team. I just think if they have, like, one of those... Support- Superior quarterbacks That could be a little bit better Joe Burrow's at Decent But he's not the yeah, greatest But I also think Georgia's A little overrated And until If they beat Florida this week I'll gladly eat my words But until Georgia Beats a team That's actually good I'm going to say The dogs are overrated as well
1: Yeah I, I I can agree with you on that And see what you're saying um, But I mean if they do get fields in there, I mean, they have the running backs, obviously. And so I think mm-hmm. they, they have the potential to be—the defense needs to get better for sure, though. Yeah, game game's going to be wild. I mean, that's like—I'm that's. I'm
0: excited for that. I'm yeah, excited I, for this weekend in college football. There's some good gonna matchups. Yeah, it's going to be a great match—or weekend with all these matchups on the board. My most underrated team, I still think, is Oklahoma. Kyler Murray had two bad turnovers against Texas that led to two Texas touchdowns. He still brought them back in this game and got the game to overtime. I really think just the way Kyler Murray's played, I mean, him and Tua are putting up godly numbers, and Kyler, I mean, they blew out T- TCU. It was coming off a of bye week, but it was at TCU, and game a lot of people liked TCU in, and they just absolutely proved they're that much better. They lost their star running back. Um, Anderson to an ACL injury. I think Oklahoma is being the most slept on team, and I can I think they will come back and get in the final four. What about who you got for underrated?
1: Oh yeah, the most underrated team is Texas A and M. Um, they lost second game of the like year that. to Clemson. Mm-hmm. That was a game they should have by won. one point. Yeah, yeah. And they should they should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then their other losses to Alabama, and they've I think been the closest to Alabama by far this year, given them I and mean, they lost by twenty two, but. It's better than what anybody else has done with Alabama mm-hmm. this year. I mean, beating Kentucky, Kentucky's a pretty good team, obviously. They went to South Carolina this past weekend and beat South Carolina, which isn't an easy place to play. So um, just kind of their, looking at their schedule, it, seems like they easily could have one loss and have it only be to Alabama so yeah and this is a game
0: I mean Alabama kind of went off on them in the first half like we said too and didn't really have to play mm-hmm. the second half so I mean I agree with you completely Texas A&M very underrated team like we like we were saying a second yeah, they could give LSU a scare at the end of the season yeah. but it's gonna be fun to see what plays out in college football I mean it's still kind of just it's still kind of muddy water you know what yeah. I mean looking at the final four I think there's still gonna be I think that two of these teams will not be in or I mean I would say more so one of these teams will not be in the final four at least I still think there's gonna be one more new team that we don't have right now in the top four that's in there I mean LSU Alabama I mean that's an easy call just because one of them has to lose but could be one or two different teams so
1: it'll be weird to see what happens I think there's still eight or nine teams that have a chance of making the yeah absolutely pretty late in the season so
0: Mm, all right before we before we advance to NBA last thing i've i've brought this up almost every single week i kind of i like to play devil's advocate here if there's if there's a two-loss team that if basically so there's no more quality one-loss teams left do you put UCF in yes i agree completely i, I would
1: love to see UCF get a shot at if this they go undefeated two years in a row i mean that's i mean yeah they obviously they don't play very good teams it's it's tough for them because now i mean if they schedule a uh, game versus a really good team. Now they're not going to play them for five more years. So yeah, I mean, how could they have known five years ago? I think that was five years ago. They, it was the year they like barely won a game. So mm-hmm. I mean, it it's tough for them because yeah, they really haven't played anyone. But I mean, to go you know, two years in a row undefeated, and I think they play um, South Florida last game of the year, who's ranked two. So yeah, I mean, I think they can get through South Florida. South Florida is undefeated
0: currently. They kind of had a close game, though, versus UConn. If you look at these South Florida scores, they're barely getting these wins each week. I mean, Memphis is not a team you can sleep on. They're decent at home. They played them close, but every other game, they've blown the team out. They've come to spread almost every single time. I mean, UCF they put up points, high scoring team. I agree with you. I think UCF. They
1: took care of Auburn in the bowl game last year. Mm-hmm. Too, and Auburn was the top team in the
0: country. Yeah, so that's what that's what I'm saying. Like UCF, definitely. I mean, they can, they can't do anything about it. They don't really play anybody that great. I mean, Cincinnati was undefeated. They got them at home. They still got Navy. Temple's a decent team, so mm-hmm. they can still prove it. I th- I would put them
1: in there over a two loss team. So I think I think the college football playoffs should go to eight teams. I agree five, completely. Five automatic bids for Power Five wins. That would give UCF a chance to prove they're the real deal. Yeah, exactly. And you can get that you can get that extra SEC team you want in there. Like yep.
0: it gives everybody a chance. And I'm not even opposed to having the top two seeds to get buys or something yeah. like that. Yep. But I think they need to expand it because let's be honest. Like you're sitting here watching these bowl games. Like unless my team's playing or I or I have a wager on the line in the game, like I could care yeah. less. It's, you know, uh,
1: there's so many games and it's. I mean, it's yeah, possible.
0: and I don't have a problem with them still making it. the way I look at it. More revenue for college football. Why would they not want to? do that? Yeah. More money. <clears throat> All right, so let's move here now to NBA. Trey Young, y'all know how much I love Trey Young. Drop. He went for thirty-five and eleven as a rookie. Huge game. LeBron and him and Curry are the only players in NBA history to do it. I mean, what do you th- what are you thinking here about Trey Young after watching his performance? That was
1: so much fun watching the other day, especially going against Colin Sexton, mm-hmm. who a lot of people were saying I picked him to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they he had a hell of a year at Alabama. and I mean, everyone who doesn't like Trey Young says, oh, Sexton's a better point guard, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, Trey Young completely dominated that game. And the good thing, the thing I really liked about that game was that obviously he was shooting the ball well and scoring points. But that game gave me confidence that even if he's having a bad scoring night, he can still be an impact player by the way he drives to the hole and kicks it and gets assists and runs the pick and roll and just... I mean, to do that in his third career game, I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't think LeBron or Steph, when they did it, it was in their first couple games of their no, career. No, it wasn't. So to do it, yeah, I mean, to do it in the third game of your career is really, really good. Yeah,
0: I'm not going to lie. I was really impressed with Trey Young. I didn't – I honestly – was not expecting to see that much from him this quick. I don't want, I'm not going to let this game either change my expectations for him. I think a lot of these rookies, they come in the league as these 18, 19-year-old kids and you're like, "Oh, they're so good in college, they should be averaging 30 points instantly." Yeah. And the, like it's not going to happen like that. It takes a little bit of time for them to progress and stuff. Like, I mean, Donkic, I think Donkic was the most ready, him and Aiden out of all them. And Donkic had 27 the other night. But what Young did in this game was unreal. And my biggest thing about it is not even the stat lines he put up. He controlled the entire game. Like, when I watched the game, it looked like Trey Young was in control. And that's what I wanted to see out of him mainly is that him to prove to me that he can control a game. Because if you yeah. can control a game and make it play, like, LeBron controls the game. He slows it down, makes it not a transition yeah. game, and he makes the game happen on his terms. And that's what Trey Young did. He made the game happen on his terms and so Like you said, if he's not having a great night, he's still going to get assists and get shots for other people. And regardless, you're not going to leave him open for three-pointers and stuff in the way he can hit them. So I think Trey Young's ready. I mean, obviously, I still think he'll have some games where we see lots of turnovers where, I mean, he's just small. That's his biggest problem. Like, the most impressive thing in this game, he had one turnover. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, one turnover. And to think he had the ball that much, shoot that much, Mm -hmm. plus 19, plus minus. I mean, I love everything I've seen from him so far. And I think the Hawks made the right move.
1: Yeah, I've seen a. A lot of people raving about his maturity. I mean, he was, he was a one-and-done guy out of college. And so, yeah, I mean, to show what he did the other night, how he, yeah, as you said, controlled the game. I mean, yeah, he's going to have his one for ten from three games. I mean, mm-hmm. he's going to struggle a little bit, but, you know, hopefully he can still kind of keep giving other guys opportunity to score yeah. keep spacing the floor out and um, running in transition yeah I think this Hawks team will be I think we'll keep adding pieces but I think in three
0: to four years we'll be ready to actually make the playoffs and do damage because that's mm-hmm. when Trey Young's body and stuff everything will be ready when he's like yep. 21 22 get ready Hawks fans we got a good team yep. I'm excited I'm going to watch them tomorrow so can't Sp- Spellman and Ho- uh, Hoider however you say it or they were pretty good too I liked what I saw out of them yeah I thought Hoider was trying to assert himself on offense which I at least liked I mean they- yeah. He, he he didn't look great out there, but he I mean he at least ins- he at least was like
1: asserting himself on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I mean ten, ten rebounds, it's pretty dang good. And mm-hmm. He's a shooting guard, three like for five from three. One possession where he had two offensive rebounds in a row. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I know.
0: Liked what I saw out of him. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I love how we got Spellman 24 minutes. I mean, it was kind of fun that our rookies like Hoiter, Spellman, they played over 20. They played over 20 minutes is yeah. when we won the game. We got our first win of the season. So I mean, yeah. that's what you want to see is the rookies contributing a lot. So I like what we're doing this young team, and I like. I mean, Hawks fans. I mean, that was that was a big game to me to just to see Trey Young do that and the team do yeah. that. I think. I think it gives us a lot of hope. I mean, I wouldn't get our hopes up on the Hawks doing anything special this season, but no. this team's going to have some hope for sure. I mean, the Cavs just look sorry right now. But let's move here to our last topic the big thing MLB playoffs, World Series starts tonight, game one. It's a big time matchup. We got Dodgers, Red Sox. I mean,
1: what are you thinking about this series? I got Red Sox and Six. Okay. Um, I just think they're the. Better team all around, other than the Dodgers, probably have a slight um, advantage in the bullpen. But, um, I mean, home field advantage for the Red Sox. Um, they got Bogarts and Martinez and uh, Betts at the top of their order, righty righty power guys mm-hmm. that are going to be facing lefties, and uh, Kershaw, Ryu, um, Rich Hill. So I think they just match up well versus them, and I think they're really just a better team, so. No,
0: I agree with you. I mean the Dodgers have a good um batting line batting lineup but I just don't I just don't know. I just feel like this Dodgers team is so stacked they should be so much better than they are. I mean mm-hmm. if you think about it, the pitching for the Brewers and the Astros, the Brewers have the better bullpen, but the Astros starting pitching is unreal yeah. and the in the Red Sox teed off on yeah, them. They did. And I also think that in Fenway Park, kind of, just kind of gives them an advantage. I mean, this team has been been here in the past. They've this this could be their fourth World Series in the last fifteen years, which would be crazy to see. I like the I like. I mean, I like the Red Sox. I could see the Red Sox sweeping this series. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Dodgers. They got back to the World Series, but it's kind of like they limped in rather than sprinted in. Right. And I just I just feel like the the pitching wise there will definitely be runs in some of these games. I think tonight's game will be low scoring. Kershaw versus Sale, but I mean looking at your key players for this, I think Kershaw is the biggest key player because if he goes out there and loses, I just feel like it just kind of has a negative effect on the Dodgers because he's. He's the golden boy of baseball when it comes to pitching. Like, he's the pitcher they owe oh, Kershaw, like, good luck getting a hit off Kershaw. Like, when the, if Kershaw is not out there dominating, I just feel
1: like it's just the whole morale of the team goes down. Yeah. I can't wait to watch Kershaw pitch tonight because obviously he's struggled in the mm-hmm. playoffs in his career, and it looks like he's taken a little bit of a step. He's been pretty good this postseason. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think, game one of the NLCS. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, he's been really good. So, mm-hmm. I mean. I think this is a big sign of whether if he has turned that corner. And, I mean, if he goes into Fenway and shoves versus this really good Red Sox team, I mean, that's that's a really good – if the Dodgers can get one in Boston, they're in a really good spot.
0: Yeah, if the Dodgers come out and win tonight and Kershaw dominates, I mean, it's a completely different series to me. Yeah. But as the way I see things, Houston is a 15 times better ball club than – I think that the Dodgers are and they got they couldn't get, get a win at home mm. versus this Red Sox team. I think I kind of underestimated this Red Sox team with a lot of other people. I was like, Oh, Houston made it last year. Their players were hurt all year. They got everyone healthy. They have the better pitching when I look at them. I just felt like that Houston was the better team and I mean the Red Sox beat them. I think a big thing for them is Jackie Bradley Jr. in games two, three and four. He drove in two plus runs and he had a couple other games where he drove in a get where I mean he had that grand slam. Mm. I just yeah. feel like if you're getting production out of him hitting in your nine hole. That it just changes the entire outlook of everything for the Red Sox because you get back up that stacked where the top of the order is stacked with uh Bets Bogarts and mm-hmm. Martinez Martinez guy I think should win MVP so I mean when you get it back up to the top of the order with Bradley Jr giving you production I think that that's what makes I think that's their keys I mean who do you have for your key players in the series
1: um, so going off the point you have the most important pitcher I have for the Dodgers is Pedro Baez, right handed reliever mm-hmm. for that reason because. If there's when there's guys on base that third time through the order and Betts and Martinez are coming mm-hmm. up, there that's he's going to be the guy most likely that mm-hmm. they go to, and I mean if he if he gets hit around, the Red Sox are going to do some damage, and but if he's good and can hold that, um, kind of hold them at that point in the game, that gives the Dodgers a big advantage. So I think he's the most important pitcher for the Dodgers, um, and then a the hitter I have Bellinger. Um, the way. The Dodgers, just because of the depth they have, they kind of – they change their lineup a lot based on um, if it's a righty or lefty starter for the other team. But Bellinger is kind of the one guy that's been playing every game. Um, And so I think if he can have a really good series and hit some of the um, Red Sox lefty starters like Sale – then I think that really helps out the Dodgers. Gives them a big advantage in their lineup to get on base for the guys that mash lefties like Freeze and Brian Dozier and yeah. guys like that. So no, I, I I like that one
0: a lot too. I actually have Puig is my key. I'd Kershaw is my key pitcher, my key hitter for them. I got Puig. I just feel like the energy that he brings. Don't get me wrong. I can't stand Puig. He definitely pissed me off, especially the Brave series of what he was talking about us. But I just feel like Puig, he gets these. He came through clutch for them multiple mm-hmm. times in these last two series, and I feel like just the energy that he brings with his bat flips and just his antics, yeah. I think, kind of energizes this team. And but so I,
1: I really look for Puig to kind of, you know, have the big at bats. Yeah, I think the confidence that he carries helps going into Fenway for at least two, maybe three or four games. Just kind of having that guy that you know doesn't really care about where he's playing or what the fans think about him just yeah. to go out there and play and yeah he's he's gonna be big for them too who do you think they put in the dh tonight for um maybe brian dozier i could see he gets lefties well and mm-hmm. he's a deadpool hitter so trying to get a ball off the monster off sale i mean I could see them doing that. Yeah, I mean, I could see this game being kind of sneakishly more high scoring than
0: people think it is. Yeah, the over under's at seven and a half. I can't touch it though, just because these two pitchers are so good. This game could be real low scoring, but I mean, I could see this game sneakishly like having you know, these teams hitting like they're so stacked with yeah. hitters. Like when I look down these batting orders, I'm just like, do you, like how did you not get more yeah. runs? Especially know. the fact the Dodgers have Freeze and Dozier off the.